Welcome to the Upgrade Your Education Business podcast. I'm your host, Samantha. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and I hope that you find this episode useful. If you're new to this podcast, each week I share fluff-free, actionable ideas tailored to education businesses that you can mould to suit your needs. And finally, if you enjoy listening to the podcast, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review on iTunes or follow and subscribe on whichever platform you choose. Thank you once again for tuning in. Hello everyone, I'm Samantha and welcome to another episode. Today I'm sharing a discussion I had with Colette Stevenson, who's the founder of PosterGrid. Here she teaches people how to create cohesive Instagram grids. Now I must apologise in advance for the quality of my audio in this episode. I actually recorded this discussion before I had bought a podcasting mic, so I hope it doesn't take away from the valuable content. And in this episode, we discuss how to create a memorable footprint without overcomplicating it. Colette shares lots of tips on how to use colour, how to use white space and how to build things like colour palettes. But most importantly, she talks about how we can create brands that evoke certain emotions that's going to connect with our audience. So sit back and enjoy. Hi, Samantha. I am so glad to be here. Honestly, it's it's really, really joyful to be here. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. And we've been floating around on social media in the same kind of network for ages. So it's really nice for us to meet as well. And I find what you do really interesting. So I know you'll do a better job than me. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Okay. Hi, everyone. I'm Colette. I'm a brand designer. And what that means is I help people create a visual identity for their brands. Uh, So sometimes that might involve some graphic design. So I might do some uh, logo development. Uh, Sometimes I help people find their brand colors or find their brand font. But I also help people realize that these things are not their brand. They are merely representations of their brand. Although creating a brand is more than your logo and your colors, The thing that your logo and colours do achieve is they help you create this look and feel, which is important. It's part of your brand. So, Colette, whether someone invests in a graphic designer or not, uh, what do you think they need to consider when they're planning this side of their brand, the visual side? Brilliant question. There, there is so much to consider, to be honest. Um, but I think people can overthink it as well. To, to begin with, um, your brand is never about you, right? Even if you are your brand, you are the brand, but the brand isn't you. The brand is how your clients and customers and other people out in the world see you. That's, that's their perception of you. It's what they say about you. It's how they feel about you. That's your brand. So before you do anything visual, you need to understand the feelings that you're generating in people and the feelings that you want to generate in people. The easiest way sometimes to do this is to just ask, right? But that's a really hard thing to do as well. But you can look at your testimonials anytime you get um, a thank you email or anytime someone writes a comment under your post to say X, Y, Z, like I, I really like this about the work that you do. Whatever it is, that gives you a clue into how other people are seeing you. And then when you get that information, when you can compile that information and you see the impact that you're having on other people uh, in, in any of your thank you emails, you'll see a kind of thread 
So some people will say, oh, loads of people feel much more relaxed after they've spoken to me. They feel so much calmer, right? So that gives you input. That means that you know that your brand is a calmer brand. So whatever you do after that, you can choose colors that represent this. So you can tell people before they've even met you what feeling they're going to get when they see you. And obviously we're talking here about cooler colors or like greens and blues. Um, equally, you might have people who say, wow, I love your energy. You really make me so excited. I feel so optimistic after I see you. I, I feel like anything's possible. So you're looking at kind of more vibrant colors like yellows or oranges. Um, so again, it's that kind of feeling that you're generating. That information is not what you think it is. It's what other people think it is. That's a really um, great point that you have started off with there because we were having a chat just before this and I was telling Colette about a client I recently worked with and her social media wasn't quite working for her. She actually felt really like tearing her hair out. And one of the things was that her, her colours, her logo, it's very busy and it didn't really pop on a screen, especially on a mobile phone, which is where most people will scroll through things like social media. And she was resistant to changing that because she really liked her colors. And that's the hardest thing, because when you're designing your own colors, your own logo, your social media posts, we naturally go with what we like and what we think looks nice. And that actually took me a long time to get my head around that actually I need to move away from what I like and I need to think about what's going to be aligned with the message that I'm putting across. How do you even go about creating a colour palette? Oh, gosh, the colour palette question. I go about it in a few ways. So first, first of all, um, and, and I would say this to anyone, I would take those steps to understand the feelings that you're seeking to generate or the feelings that you already generate and root your colour palette in that. Remember, you're not decorating a living room right <laughs> this is, so exactly what you said you're it's not about colors that you like you're not you know picking a dress to go to a wedding in um so you're not like I, I love red but my brand has no red in it and in fact I've just created I'm creating a whole new brand as we go with colors that I would never have anywhere near me ordinarily but it's about creating a particular vibe or a particular feeling so understanding those feelings are key if you're doing this by yourself and you're DIY coloring, um, the easiest uh, or simplest thing you can do is look at pop psychology on Google. Now, generally, if I'm working with a client, we do go a lot deeper than your pop psychology, but it does give you a starting point. A couple of things to be aware of, right? So if you go on any kind of uh, Google search and find, you know, what color means um, happiness or what color means energy, you'll get like a list of colors that will tell you information. The thing to remember that a lot of these colors have cultural overtones and they're not necessarily rooted in our core primal responses to those colors so a good example is typically yellow um so yellow we understand to be a happy positive color so people who have happy positive brands will often lean towards yellow um, plus yellow is really eye-catching it's the first color the eye sees so people want it because it makes us stand out everywhere we go mcdonald's uses yellow for a reason the trouble with yellow is if you do it on overkill it can actually generate anxiety and worry and fear which you don't want your customers to feel so balancing your color palette is is quite key and it's about not assaulting your 
clients with your color palette. So when you're picking your colors, right, and eventually you get your color palette that you like, so, uh, and you're like, oh, I really love my colors. So that point you made before about your client didn't want to change your colors because she loves them. Very often, the issue is not necessarily the colors, it's how they're used, right? So you go in, you pick, I think if you're doing this by yourself, pick two main colors, no more than that. If you want any more than that, get some help is what I would advise. But once you've got those colors, you don't need to have every post being an assault of color. You don't need your background to be all yellow and your foreground to be all red if they're your two colors. Um, McDonald's doesn't even do that. We know that their colors are red and yellow, but their ads aren't all red and yellow. It's mostly white. So remember those neutrals. White space is actually very important to how someone also reads content. So if you've got words on your, on let's say a visual, you do need that white space to help people read and almost control what they read first. And looking at a few copywriting principles can be really useful for that. Looking at like from the from an advertising point of view, because you know the biggest text or where that's positioned is really important as to the order that someone read something in it's not always top to bottom as we might think mm -hmm. um so that's also really worth looking at the, the title of this podcast is that your brand is more than you know your logo to me a brand is about creating a memorable footprint so that you know you're leaving something behind that people associate with you when you're thinking about the overall tapestry and you've talked a lot about emotions which i think is is very very crucial what, what else do you think is important when you're creating that overall footprint? So we're kind of almost going beyond just colours or just a logo. Yeah. Uh, so your, your logo, as we said a little bit earlier, your logo, your colours, your fonts, they are visual representations of a much bigger picture. And when we're talking about uh, leaving a footprint and, and becoming memorable, that is more about how consistent you are than anything else. I talk myself out of business quite often with this one because actually you don't necessarily need a logo and a top-notch color palette and all the best fonts to make your business stand out and leave a visual footprint. What you need is one font that you use consistently. When you're starting out, pick just a font that you like that people can read easily. Don't worry about everything else. Don't overcomplicate it. When you can, when you've generated some income and you can get some professional advice, then by all means do that. But when you're starting out, pick one font, preferably one that has um, a family. So you've got a bold, italic and regular. That's all you need to start out with. And then use that on all of your posts. Don't change it. Don't keep changing out because you found a new, a new font you've liked unless you're changing it to use all the time. Same with your colors. Choose those two and use them all the time. And then post all the time, like all the time, because you can't be memorable if people don't see you. You can't leave a footprint if you don't walk in the sand right? So you, you've actually got to go out there. You've actually got to put yourself out there. You've got to have people see your posts. Samantha and I would never have met if we weren't posting on LinkedIn regularly and chatting to each other on, on comments and things on LinkedIn regularly. It just wouldn't have happened. The only way people get to know us is by actually putting ourselves out there. The only way to leave a footprint is to actually take a step. 
And that can be the boldest thing of all, especially when we, we look at our visuals and we're like, oh, my God, it doesn't look gorgeous. Oh, my God, it, nobody's ever going to hang it up in an art gallery. Do you know what? Nobody's going to hang my work up in an art gallery either. It just doesn't matter. Most of the visuals we put out there, particularly when we're advertising or promoting ourselves, are going to be seen for 50 milliseconds, if that. And if we're lucky, our ideal client will see our visual and it will hook them in enough to read our content. That's all it's there for. And if we're really lucky, they'll read our content often enough, or if we're smart, actually, <laughs> if we do this consistently enough, they'll read our content frequently enough to, to trust us and get to know us and want to buy from us. It doesn't, people don't buy from us because we have a gorgeous visual. People buy from us because they get to know us and our visuals help with that process. So I would just say, keep it really simple and that will give you your footprint. There are two things there that um, would be worth highlighting. The first one is that you mentioned about the purpose of a visual on something like social media or even on a website anywhere really, anywhere. is to hook people to read the written content that then accompanies it. Now that's really important because Something that sometimes happens is because we assume people are going to look at our visual and not read our content, we try and get too much of the information out through the visual. And then, of course, the visual becomes far too busy and it doesn't serve its purpose to hook. Instead, it's too busy and people don't read it or they miss lots of information that you actually feel is very crucial. And when people are very new to social media or they're really trying to boost their social media presence, they'll often kind of Google, when is the best time to post on LinkedIn? <laughs> When's the best time to... And the thing I would say is that, that that can give you a starting point. But personally, I have learned that just doing it consistently is better than not doing it at all or trying to do too much. So let's say, for example, you read that on Instagram, you should post every single day. You should have a story going twice a week and all the rest of it. And you try and achieve that formula. But actually, you've got a business to run. You have got a job to do. You've got a family. You've got all these different commitments. You might be able to sustain that for maybe two, three weeks. And then after that, it's going to go dead because you can't do it. You've burnt out. And so actually, it's important to create a schedule and a routine that you know you can maintain, even if that means posting only once or twice a week. If you do that consistently, that's better than doing loads, going dead, being inconsistent or not doing it at all. I don't know about you, but I know I've made those mistakes. I felt quite overwhelmed by the enormity of, East, of Instagram and the responsibility, particularly because I was selling visual services. I was like, oh, my God, everything I post on Instagram needs to look amazing. Right. And I got myself so stressed out. I either didn't post at all or I posted sporadically. So I wasn't building up trust with my customers. But interestingly, it led me to develop a system that worked for me on Instagram, which meant that I could post irregularly. But when people came to my feed, they could see at a glance what I was about without me having to bear the responsibility of posting daily. And I think that's the thing when we're looking at branding. It's about creating an impact, that footprint and that impact that is lasting. And one of the reasons I think I struggled with Instagram is because it's evergreen content. So when people land on your Instagram, they see who you are 
at a glance. And if you haven't posted for months and months and months, that's what they see. They don't see the date that you posted it, but they see that content. So you need that content on your Instagram to be consistently good. And I think that's the thing that holds people back. So I, I ended up developing a system, which meant that I could post six months ago if I wanted to. But when people land on my Instagram feed, they don't see dated stuff. They see an overview. Yeah, I think, yeah, the consistency is really important. And, you know, making that impact, especially as an educator, you want to be transformational with it. When someone looks at your content, when they arrive at your content, they should be in that before state. And your content, what you want to transport them to that after state. And even if it's just a little snippet, if we can light people up, if we can make them feel excited that something's happening here, then that's like the biggest impact because it's that feeling that people will make a decision on. And the thing is, we can't be everything to everyone and we shouldn't aim to be. And so it's a really good way of almost gatekeeping and making sure that you connect with the right people. And something that I would just add to the regularity of how you post, you can look at the insights and you can see what kind of time your audience are online. And it's always a good idea to have a look at those insights and experiment. That's a big part of creating that footprint, because ultimately you want to create a conversation. This is, you know, if we're talking about social media, we want to remember the social side of it. I think this is a really good point, actually. So I don't ever actually post when the best time to post is. I post when the best time for me to post is. So if I've got 30 minutes in the morning, I make a post and post it. I do it when it's convenient for me so that I can be around to engage with the people who engage back with me. It's about a relationship. It's about connecting with people. If we're not connecting with our audience, if we're not building those relationships, then our footprint, our footprint means nothing. Our brand means nothing. Our brand is, is a relationship. It, it's not about us. It's not just about our clients. It's about, it's about the experience that we share and that transformation that we provide. I love that word transformation that you used. And the other key thing, when we're looking at engagement, engagement doesn't equal business. So most, a lot of my posts get almost no engagement whatsoever. Does that mean that they're not successful? Not at all, because I get messages saying, can I work with you? And I think for anyone in business, particularly in an education business, we are there to help people. We're there to support people. We're there to help people grow in their lives. Yeah, those sorts of things are often vanity metrics, aren't they? And I do think they're important to a point. I mean, you were saying earlier that it's not about data and stats. I think that, you know, a lot of people I speak to feel really lost with social media and they need a starting point. So I think going by something that's tangible can really help you get started. And the, the, whole, the whole concept of, you know, let's attract more followers, let's attract connections and all of that. I think there are two sides to this coin because there's a lot to be said for nurturing your existing followers and your existing, you know, those people who already connected with you. They chose to connect with you, look after them. Yes. And so that's really important. And one thing I sometimes say is that even if you've got, let's say, 20 followers on Instagram or 20 connections on LinkedIn, Let's imagine every single one of them became a client. You'd be pretty happy. <laughs> exactly. You'd exactly. Be, be happy about that. And so, you know, but then on the, on the flip side, having some engagement, having those followers and whatever, it's kind of like if you're walking down a street and you're deciding which restaurant to go in, 
you're more likely to go into the busier one than the empty one because you assume the busier one has got better quality of food and you know whereas the empty one probably doesn't and that might not actually be the case at all there really is no formula here and that's the beauty I think of this conversation is that if anyone is experimenting with branding with social media with marketing that's exactly what you need to do you need to experiment experiment yes yes you know, exactly. there is, you know there's no formula and also uh, what might work for me may not work for you and we may not be able to find any rhyme nor reason as to why it's not <laughs> working for you and so it's all about just trying things out and if you post something and nobody comments, nobody likes, you've lost nothing. Yes. Because exactly. every time, every time you post, just blank canvas, you've been given another chance. So it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, only only what is it like only one or two percent of our audience ever actually sees our posts anyway. So sometimes it'll land, sometimes it doesn't. We just move on. The thing to remember is we're who we are today is not who we were yesterday and it's not who we're going to be tomorrow. So, you know, put something out there today, right? Either, either it'll work or it won't. And it might work and you might not even know it's worked. And it is just, it's just a massive experiment. You just keep putting it out there, see what lands. You know, I, I, I used to, you know, try and advertise that I did mascots for people and logos and things. And to be honest, I couldn't sell a thing. But I used to push it and advertise it and nothing happened. And then I tried something else. And again, I struggled to sell. And then I started selling color branding, right, which was just one tiny, tiny, tiny part of what I do. So if I was doing doing somebody's LinkedIn banner, for example, one of the walls we'd often come up against was what colors are you using? And very often my clients didn't know. So we'd have to go back to the drawing board. And then one day the penny dropped and I thought, why don't I help people with just that first step? And suddenly my business took off. But that wouldn't have happened if I'd never tried to advertise the other things, if I'd never tried to talk about the other things, if I'd never had other clients and offering and me offering other services. I never would have understood my clients' problems enough to be able to meet their problems. We put an awful lot of pressure on ourselves to get it right before we get out there. And the truth is, is there really is no right. It's all a, it's all a bit upside down. Just making it up as we go along. We are. And, and also, you know, things that are out of our control can impact it. You know, COVID happened. You know, oh, look yeah, at, yeah. You know, look at that saga. And other things will happen in our lifetime. We'll go through recessions, which is going to impact the market. We'll go through high points, you know. So there are lots of, and our lives change as well. And, and actually that really links to what you were saying earlier when we were having a conversation, which was that a brand doesn't have to be static. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that is so important. I know I have been held up in the past trying to get the tiniest smidge of a colour absolutely perfect, forgetting that no one is going to take a microscope and look at that. They're going to look, when someone looks at, let's say, your website, they look at the overall thing. They don't look at that one tiny little corner of that page that you have just spent three hours on trying to perfect. Talk to us a little bit about that. I mean, you've already told us about how your business evolved and You know, when it comes to these colours, let's say someone hasn't quite got it right. I mean, we were talking about Celia. Someone hasn't quite got it right or they're just still not comfortable. Would you agree that you should still just try and put yourself out there and see what the response is? And 
Honestly, right? I would just say, just put yourself out there. If you know you haven't got it right, if it's not landing for you, if it's not feeling for you, if your clients aren't going with it, scrap them entirely, but keep posting content, right? And in the background, pick two new colors and go with it, right? Think, honestly, think, think about the feeling you want to evoke. Start there. That will get you that connection and use less of it. Don't overwhelm all your visuals with that one color. In fact, what I would say is pick pictures, right? Get some good pictures of yourself or good pictures of your product or get some high quality stock images, whatever it is. Use pictures and a few words in your font with a color that you use all the time. And that's enough to start with. And if it's not right, doesn't matter. Just do it again. I was telling Samantha before my 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 logo uh, for B Kids. So I, it used to be a school, right? I, I come from an education background, and I ran a um, an, an ESL school in Japan in Yokohama, and it was for preschoolers. So and it was called B Kids because I wanted it to be about the kids, not about the lessons, right? So yeah. I had the school, and I had this B little this little B mascot and my little logo and it was all bright vibrant eye-popping colors and because our school was set way back from the street and so I needed people to see it and I wanted it to pop and it was it was targeting children not their parents I wanted the children to walk by and go oh what's that right so that the parents would look that was what I was targeting so the colors were really bold really vibrant it was a very kind of bubbly kind of font but obviously it evolved. Then it became a, a childcare service. Then it became a blog. Then it became a um, a parenting support thing. I mean, honestly, it's been through. It's been through the. It's it's just completely changed a million times over in the last ten years. Then it became about branding for educators, right? So obviously everything had to change. I couldn't have this like big poppy bubble writing anymore so it changed and it's changed about four or five times that logo nobody cares nobody cares and for the longest time I'd put out the wrong I'd put everything out with the wrong colors and the wrong font because I didn't have time to focus on changing it all because I needed to support my customers put your customers first and your brand will follow I think one one area that would be a really good place to kind of finish on is we were talking about positioning your brand as well and positioning them in the right place and not trying to do everything all at once. Why don't you tell us what you what you were telling me earlier? I remember now. Well, you and I are very we're very similar in our in our ethos when it comes to approaching social media. Just because there are all those platforms out there, it's it's actually really important to choose one. Yeah. And to master that, yeah. Um, Especially if you're on your own and and you don't have additional support or you can't afford a VA or or whatever it is, if you're out there running your business by yourself, you're doing everything. You're doing sales, marketing, product development, service delivery. You're doing the whole shebang. You're managing your website. You can't possibly manage all of the social media channels. So pick one, rather like when you're picking your colors, right, for your brand. You don't pick colors that you like you pick colors that are going to have an impact and are going to resonate with your ideal customer and tell them about the feelings that they're going to get when they work with you and it's the same when you're choosing a social media platform you go where your customers are where do they hang out right a lot and where do where do they feel most comfortable having conversations with people a lot of educators for example hang out on instagram so i needed 
to get used to Instagram because that's where my customers were. And I hated Instagram. Now it's my business, right? But that was that was where my customers were, right? Another place where I, I found a lot of customers was LinkedIn. But when I focused on LinkedIn, I focused only on LinkedIn until I got good at it and I felt like I could use it. And then bit by bit, it just kind of grows and you end up with a community, not just an audience. And I think if you... If, for a strong brand, that, that's really what you're aiming for. You're aiming for a community of people, people who you like to talk to and who like to talk with you. That will give you your brand, not your colours, not your logo, not your fonts. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you found it useful and interesting. If you did, please do leave a review or like or subscribe on whichever platform you choose. Next week, I'm talking to Claire Pass from Dragonfly Impact Education, and she'll be talking all about mindset and well-being habits as an education business owner. See you next week.